from weddings and funerals, probably the top Christian ritual that is displayed and depicted in pop culture is baptism. Probably nothing more is seen in movies and television than baptism. And in 2000, some of you may remember, the Cohen brothers produced the Academy Award-nominated film, Old Brother, Where Art Thou? And it is the story of three men in the 1930s. They were Delmar, Pete, and Ulysses. And they've escaped from this prison chain gang. And so as, as they're running from the law, they are in the country and they happen upon this baptism. And without any prompting, Delmar decides to get baptized. I want you to watch this scene. Delmar's been saved. Well, that's it, boys. I've been redeemed. The preacher done washed away all my sins and transgressions. It's a straight and narrow from here on out. And heaven everlasting's my reward. Delmar, what are you talking about? We got bigger fish to fry. The preacher said all my sins is washed away, including that Piggly Wiggly I knocked over in Yazoo. I thought you said you was innocent of those charges. Well, I was lying. And the preacher said that that sin's been washed away too. Neither God nor man's got nothing on me now. Come on in, boys. The water is fine. <sighs> I love that scene. And, and you know, on the one hand, it, it is somewhat gratifying to see a realistic, accurate picture of New Testament baptism. And I, I commend the guys for that. On the other hand, to be honest, it's really more of a caricature of baptism than the real thing, and it, because, and it raises more questions than it answers. And I'm not trying to nitpick, okay, but, but water, let me just make something very plain. Water does not wash away anybody's sins, number one. Number two, the preacher, he doesn't even know who Delmar is. And Delmar has no idea who the preacher is. But worst of all, the, sins, the, the, the scene really doesn't depict either the meaning of baptism or the message of baptism. Because what you saw up there is kind of a character of baptism, but we don't see the real uh, uh, character of baptism. Now, before I even get into this message, I want one thing to be established to everyone in this room and every one of you listening to me. Baptism is a big deal. It is important. It's important to God, and it ought to be important to you. And I'm gonna give you several reasons why this is true in this message, but the first one is real easy, okay? Jesus was baptized. I want you to get that down. Jesus was baptized. I mean, it's very strange to think, when I read the first time I remember as a kid thinking of this, when, when you start reading the story of Jesus in the Gospels, it's real strange how Jesus enters the scene and how he begins his ministry. You know, if I were his PR agent, here's how I would have introduced Jesus. I've had a, I would have had a big band, I'd have had a parade, I'd have had fireworks, I'd have had a big banquet, I'd have had massive publicity, I'd have had cameras and TV reporters and everybody covering the scene. But how does Jesus begin his ministry? How does he get started? How does he kick everything off? He's baptized. That, I mean, that's it? That's all you got? Baptism? As a matter of fact, baptism is so important it is one of the few events that's recorded in all four Gospels. Not everything Jesus said, not everything Jesus did was recorded in all four Gospels, but the Gospel writers thought his baptism was such a big deal, everybody included it. So I want you to understand something. Baptism is not important because I think it is, though I do. Baptism is not important because our denomination thinks it is, but it does. Baptism is not even important because our church thinks it's important, though we do. Baptism is important because Jesus thinks it's important and God's word says it is important. And you probably have never counted it. You know how many times the Bible talks about baptism? 74 times. The word of God talks about baptism. Now, today is Baptism Sunday. We're going to be baptizing at both services at both campuses. And believe it or not, we're going to do something we've not really done before. We're going to be asking some of you who've never been biblically baptized, who didn't plan to be baptized, but to be, to be baptized today. And we're gonna make it very easy for you to do that. We've got everything you need to be baptized. 
So I'm gonna talk about this more at the end of the service. But let me just go ahead and tell you. You say, man, I didn't come prepared to be baptized. That's all right. We've got prepared. We've made everything ready. We've got a T-shirt for those that wanna be baptized today, just like this for you to be baptized in. You can keep it. We've got, you know, shorts for you to be baptized in. If you're kind of insecure, we got rubber duckies for you to get into the water with. So we've got everything ready. What I wanna do today is this. I could show you, since the Bible talks about it 74 times, I could show you example after example after example of baptism in the New Testament. But I picked out one person, and I thought this would really be good because this one person, by the way, and his family who were baptized, you ready for this? They weren't even in church when they, got, when they became believers, when they got saved and they gave their lives to Christ. This guy wasn't even in church. As a matter of fact, this guy was in jail. And the reason why he was in jail is because he was over the jail. He was the jailer. And through a series of circumstances, he came to realize he was a sinner. He needed a savior. He gives his life to Christ. His entire household hears this news about Jesus. They believed in Christ. And that very night before they even went to bed, they were baptized. If you brought a copy of God's Word, we're in the book of Acts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, four Gospels, Acts in the New Testament, Acts 16. If not, don't worry, we're going to throw some verses up on the screen. But here's what I thought I would do today. I can talk about the what of baptism till I'm blue in the face. That's not going to motivate you to get baptized. I want to talk about the why of baptism. I read this week where somebody said, people will always do the what if you first explain the why. So I'm going to answer a question today. If you've never been biblically baptized, we're going to talk about that in a moment. Why should I be baptized? I'm going to give you three reasons today. Number one, baptism is a declaration of my faith in Jesus. Baptism is a declaration of my faith in Jesus. Now, we're in Acts chapter 16, verse 29. We're going to pick up the story. The jailer called for lights. He rushed in and he fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas had been in jail. They were in prison because they'd been preaching the gospel. So he calls for lights. He comes trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and he asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, the reason he's doing this is because Paul and Silas were singing and praising and praying God. And there was a, a kind of an earthquake and the angel had opened the door of the jail to let them out. And the jailer knew if they escaped, he would die. So he realizes God's up to something. And he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Which, by the way, is the greatest question you'll ever ask in your life. What must I do to be saved? What must I do to be right with God? What must I do to know I have a relationship with God? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Now, there's one thing you've got to understand about New Testament baptism. If you don't understand anything else about baptism, all right, you ready? You go read your Bible. Don't take my word for it. You go read your New Testament. You go look up all those 74 times that, that baptisms talk about, and you will find there's only one kind of baptism that is talked about in the New Testament, only one, and it is believer's baptism. I want you to say that out loud. Ready? Believer's baptism. That's the only kind you'll find. There are two things that always go together in the New Testament church, always, belief in baptism. And watch this. You never find one without the other. Beginning in the book of Acts, the moment someone got saved, the moment someone became believers, they were baptized. And by the way, they always go in that order. You don't get, you don't get quote unquote baptized. Then later on, you become a believer. You go through catechism. You go through confirmation. That's okay, and I'm not knocking it. I'm just letting you know that's not in the New Testament. You never find it. That is not the New Testament order. First, you believe, and then you are baptized. And there's not one exception to this rule. So every time you read about someone being baptized in the New Testament, and by the way, you read about thousands of people being baptized in the New Testament, it was always after they believed. It was after they became followers of Christ. Why? Because baptism is the way you declare your faith publicly. 
You may get saved privately. Most of us did. You may get saved just talking to one person. Or I talked to someone the other day, got saved in their home by themselves reading their Bible. You may get saved privately, but you declare your faith publicly. And in the New Testament, that is the way you openly declared you were a believer in Jesus. In other words, the way every believer lets every other believer know, I'm now a believer, is to be baptized. And the way every believer lets every non-believer knows they are a believer is they are baptized. And it's always belief in baptism. That's why you will never see an infant or a baby baptized in the New Testament. Now, before I go any further, let me just stop and make something very plain. If you were, quote, unquote, baptized as an infant, I'm not knocking that. I'm not denigrating that. I'm not being critical of your parents. I have no doubt their motives were good and their motives were loving. Here is the problem. If you were baptized as a baby, you weren't professing your faith because you didn't have any faith. You were professing their faith. And the reason why your parents had you baptized, and this is a good thing in a sense, they were saying, this is what we want for you. We want you to become a believer. We want you to follow in our footsteps. So I want you to understand, I'm not knocking your parents. I think their motives were good and they were right and they were wonderful. That's okay. Here's my point though. Baptism is not for you, is not for someone else to profess their faith through you. Baptism is for you to profess your faith in Christ. And so in every baptism in the New Testament, when someone was old enough to believe in Christ and old enough to become a follower of Christ, they were baptized. So the New Testament reserves baptisms only for believers and only believers were baptized. You know, I, I love this analogy. It's the best analogy I've ever found. When I got married, uh, the very first thing that I put on was my wedding ring. And that's, by the way, that's not a reason I got married, but it's one reason I was excited to get married. You know why? Because I always wanted to wear a wedding ring. I always wanted to have something to show, hey, I belong to someone and someone belongs to me. And the reason why every day I wear this ring, the reason why I've never taken this ring off as far as I can remember in 43 years, I've never taken this ring off. Because every day I want to publicly declare I'm a married man. I've got a woman that I belong to and a woman that belongs to me. And baptism is the way that we declare to everyone publicly, hey, I have placed my faith in Jesus Christ. I am his follower. I was reading the other day, this is a great story. I was reading the other day about Steve Foster. He's the pitching coach for the Colorado Rockies. And over 30 years ago, he was called up to the major leagues by the Cincinnati Reds. Well, they just happened to be playing at that time the Montreal Expos. It's defunct now, but there was a National League team, the Montreal Expos, and they were playing in Montreal. Well, Steve had never been out of the country. He, he had never gone you know, out, out of America. So he had to meet the team in Canada. So he's doing something he's never done before. He's going through passport control. Most of us have, many of us have not. But he was going through passport control. Well, uh, the, the custom agent, when he was you know, talking to him, he said, Mr. Foster, uh, why are you here? And he said, well, I'm, I'm here to play. I, he said, what do you do? He said, I'm a major league baseball player. I play for the Cincinnati Reds, and I'm here to play against the Montreal Expos. Well, he was by himself. He wasn't in uniform. So the customer agent thought, you know, was kind of skeptical. And uh, he said, uh, well, well, let me ask you this. He said, what do you have to declare? Well, Steve Foster, again, he's never been through custom you know, control. And you know what that means. It means you've got to let the agent know, hey, are you bringing something into the country that you're not supposed to bring? Are you bringing a lot of money? That's a standard question. So they just want to make sure you're not bringing something you shouldn't bring. And they want to make sure if there's anything you are bringing, they ought to know about that you tell them about it. So he said, okay, he said, now, uh, what do you have to declare? And so Steve Foster said, um, excuse me? Could you ask that question one more time? And so the agent said, yes. What do you have to declare? And he thought about it for a moment. And he said, uh, I'm proud to be an American. And the agent said, that's the wrong answer. They actually handcuffed him, took him into custody. And they questioned him. And by the time he finally proved to them he was a baseball player, he got to the game too late to play. Now, here's my point. 
When you give your life to Christ, whenever that is, whether as, as I was when I was nine years old or you're 19 or 29, whenever you give your life to Jesus Christ, at that exact moment, you have something to declare. You are to declare that Jesus is your Lord. You are to declare that you believe he died for your sins. You are to declare that he was raised from the dead. You are to declare, I have placed my faith in Jesus. And the way you do that is by baptism. When Jesus was baptized, here's what he was saying. I'm the one you're to believe in. That's why he was baptized. I'm letting you know I'm the one you're to believe in. When we're baptized, we're saying, you're the one I do believe in, and I want everybody to know it. So here's my question to all of us today. Do you believe, truly believe, not in your head, but in your heart, do you believe Jesus Christ died for your sins? He was buried. He was raised from the dead. And do you believe in him as your Lord and as your Savior? You said, absolutely, I do. You are to declare your faith in Jesus by baptism. First thing. Second reason why. Not only is, is baptism a declaration of your faith in Jesus, it is a demonstration of my love for Jesus. It's a declaration of my faith in Jesus. It is a demonstration of my love for Jesus. Now, this is what's interesting about this story. We don't know what time of night this took place, but we know it took place in the middle of the night because back up in verse 25, we're told this all happened after midnight. So what we're reading happened after midnight. So here's what's going on. This jailer says, what must I do to be saved? And Paul says, if you'll believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Everybody in your household that believes in Jesus, they will be saved. And so the jailer places his faith in Jesus Christ. Now, what comes next would be totally unexpected, except if you know the New Testament, it would be totally expected. So look what happens next. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. So evidently, he takes them out of the jail. He takes them over to his house. He wakes his family up. All the family's there, and they're having church after midnight. They tell them the same thing they told him about how Christ died, was buried, raised from the dead. You believe in him, you'll be saved. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then, can y'all read that word right there? What does that word say? Immediately. Not a year later, not two years later, not when you feel like it, not when it's convenient. Immediately, he and all his household were baptized. Now, logical question. What's the rush? I mean, it's the middle of the night. You gotta get your household up so they can hear a sermon. That's bad enough. And not only that, now, to make sure they're really wide awake, you got to get them wet? I mean, what's the urgency? What's the emergency of being baptized? Well, again, that's always the pattern of the New Testament. Baptism was always immediately after someone believed the gospel and received Jesus Christ. But again, that's not answering the question. But why, Pastor? Why was it immediate? Why, why did people want to be immediately baptized? Why were they so eager to be baptized immediately? Because let me remind you, I want to say it again. Not only do baptism and, and, and not only do belief in baptism always go together in the New Testament, listen to this. There is no record of an unbaptized believer in the New Testament. There's no record of an unbaptized believer in the New Testament. There's no record of anyone refusing to be baptized. There's no record of anyone delaying their baptism. There's no record of someone who, truly, who professed their faith in Jesus of rejecting baptism. Okay, I get that. But why does it have to be like that? Why so quick? Why so sudden? Why so immediate? Well, let's go back to my wedding day. I mean, I still, every, you know, Teresa and I, we went to her high school reunion last night. And by the way, by far, she was the best looking chick in that deal. In fact, I'll just say this. Time's not been kind to some people. I'm just gonna leave it right there, okay? But my wife was the knockout. And so we were talking about, we met people that had been, baptized, that had been married as long as we were. And I can I still remember the thrill and the joy. I was shaking like a leaf when Teresa put that ring on my finger. Not because I was nervous, I was excited. And I think about why I was so excited because she was telling me, I love you and only you. 
and I am yours forever. And I wanted that ring on my hand. Why? Did I have to wear it? No. Did she command me to wear it? No. Did the law say I have to wear one? No. I wanted to wear it. it. Did it make me more of a married man? No. So why did I want that ring on as quick as I could? One reason. I love my wife. And I want everybody to know, you know what? I'm not just married to Teresa. I love Teresa. I want Teresa to know I love her. I want her parents to know I love her. I want her brother and sister to know I love her. I want everybody I meet to know that I love her. See, when you are baptized biblically, you are demonstrating your love for Jesus. Now, let me just be honest. Jesus commands every believer to be baptized. This is not an option. It is not a request. As a matter of fact, do you, did you know this? Did you know that baptism is a part of the marching orders that Jesus gave the church? If you don't know about, the, if you don't know about this, let me kind of share with you what Jesus said. And by the way, notice what, not, not what just, don't notice just what Jesus said. Notice the order he put it in. Wasn't accidental. Therefore, he said, go and make disciples. Time out. What does that mean? You, before you become a disciple, you got to believe in Christ. So what he was saying was, you go share the gospel. You go tell people what it means to be a disciple. You go tell people how to be saved. You go tell people what Paul said to that jailer. If you will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. You go make disciples. Two, baptizing them. Notice, he didn't say go baptize them and make disciples. That's not what he said. You go make disciples, then you baptize them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Then you teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Well, what is just what did you just commanded them? To be baptized. Go and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So here's what that means. If all of a sudden we said today, you know what? And some churches are doing this. Anybody who wants to be a member of our church can be a member. You do not have to be baptized. We're just going to do away with baptism. Well, now I'm disobeying Jesus. But you become a believer. You say, I believe in Christ. You realize you're a sinner. You need a Savior. And you give your life to Jesus Christ. But then after that, you say, but now, by the way, I am not going to be baptized. Well, guess what? Now you're disobeying Jesus. And, and, and again, I know this is strong, but let me just be, be very honest. Jesus does not want us to be baptized just because he commanded it. And I don't want you to be baptized just because he commanded it, although that's a good enough reason. He wants to be baptized because we love him. Teresa did not want me to put that ring on because she looked at me and said, you just said I do, now I'm telling you, you better. Jesus, she wants me to put that ring on because I love her. Jesus wants you to be baptized, not just because he's told you to do it, though he has, but because you love him. And oh, by the way, if I were to ask you this question, do you really love Jesus? You say, oh yeah, pastor, I really love Jesus. Don't be, don't be mad, don't be angry. Talk is cheap. Here's what Jesus said. If you love me, say it out loud. Yeah. Jesus said, I'll tell you how you know you love me. You keep my commands. The word Christian, you know what it literally means? It means Christ follower. Here's what a follower of Christ is. It is someone who loves Jesus so much, he will follow him wherever he asks him to go, and he'll do whatever he asks him to do. He doesn't do it out of fear. He doesn't do it out of intimidation. He does it out of love. And the first way you demonstrate your love for Jesus is to be baptized. So let me go back and ask a question. Nobody disputes the fact <clears throat> that Jesus was baptized. And oh, by the way, I've talked to Catholics and I've talked to Presbyterians and I've talked to Methodists. They're honest enough to say, oh, I know how Jesus was baptized. He was baptized by immersion, not by pouring, not by sprinkling. He was baptized by immersion. I've not met anybody yet that denies that, nobody. But before we get to that, that raises a question. Why was Jesus baptized? Oh, that's a fair question. Why was Jesus baptized? Okay, let's see how, let's see how smart you are today. Was Jesus baptized because he was a sinner? No, that's not why he was baptized. Okay, 
Was Jesus baptized because he needed to become a believer? No, he didn't need to become a believer. He's the one we're to believe in, all right? Was Jesus baptized so he would profess his faith in God? No, he was God. Well, then why in the world then was Jesus baptized? Matter of fact, John the Baptist even said to him, you're the one guy I don't wanna be baptized. I'll baptize everybody else. They need it, you don't need it. Jesus said, no, I want you to baptize me. Why? There's only one reason. He wanted to identify with us. He was baptized to say, I want you to know something. I'm one of you. I'm human just like you are. I'm identifying with you. So why should we be baptized? To identify with him. So let me just make this real easy and real plain. If Jesus loved you enough to die on a cross for you, don't you think you ought to love him enough to get into a pool of water for him? I agree with my mentor, Adrian Rogers. I totally agree with him. And if this offends you, you ask God to forgive you and he will. If you don't love Jesus Christ enough to get in a pool of water, what makes you think you love him enough to get into heaven? You know what baptism is? It is a declaration of your faith in Jesus. That's why we don't baptize babies. They have no faith. It is a demonstration of your love for Jesus. When, you, when you're baptized, you're saying, I don't love anybody like I've just, I love Jesus. Jesus has commanded me to be baptized. I love Jesus. He said, the way I show him I love him is to obey him. I want to be baptized to demonstrate my love for him. And then here's the third thing. Baptism is a dedication of my witness to Jesus. It is a demonstration of my faith in Jesus. It is a dedication of my witness to Jesus. Now we get down to a key question. By the way, when you answer this question, when I, if I, when I talk to people about baptism, when I get people just to honestly and biblically answer this one question, every other question about baptism seems to get answered. And here's the question, all right? What does baptism mean? That, that's, what, that's, what, that's what this whole thing boils down to. What does baptism mean? What picture does baptism paint? What principle does baptism proclaim? And here's the point. Look, watch this now. The clue to the meaning of baptism is the method of baptism. In the New Testament, and again, honest biblical scholars admit it. You can't get away from it. In the New Testament, every baptism was always by immersion. People were put into the water. They were brought up out of the water. Every single person, including Jesus, was baptized by immersion, not by sprinkling, not by pouring. Now, again, fair question. You say, how do you know that? How do you know that, they, that that's the only way they were baptized? Well, here's how I know it's real easy. There's a Greek word for sprinkling. And you don't need to remember this. It's the word rontizo, R-H-A-N-T-I-Z-O in English, rontizo. It means to sprinkle. There is a Greek word for pouring. It's the word luo, L-O-U-O. It means to pour. And 74 times, 74 times that the Bible refers to baptism. It never uses the word rontizo, not once. It never uses the word luo, not once. The word that is always used for baptism in the English, in, in the New Testament, is the word that sounds just like it does in English as it does in Greek. It is the word baptizo. By the way, whenever you read the word baptism in the New Testament, you don't even realize this. You're reading the Greek word. It was just transliterated letter for letter into English. The word is baptizo. Baptizo only has one meaning. It means to immerse. But now that raises the question, Pastor, I just don't understand. But why do you have to be immersed? What, why is the method so important? I mean, what does it matter? One person sprinkled. One person is poured upon. One person is immersed. What does it matter? Here's why. The method is all about the meaning. What does baptism picture? What does it represent? We don't have to wonder. We don't have to wonder, you know, what, what is the thing? So here's, here's what's so interesting. When we come to the Lord's Supper, we're so meticulous about how we do it. 
right? I've said this to you before. You don't take the Lord's Supper with a chili dog and a Coke. You don't do that. Why? Why does it have to be bread? Why does it have to be the fruit of the vine? We know. Well, because we know what Lord's Supper pictures, right? It pictures the body of Christ that was crucified for us, and it pictures the blood of Christ that was poured out for us, right? So we're real sticklers on that, but it's real strange. We're real sticklers about the Lord's Supper. Then we come to baptism. We say, oh, it doesn't matter. What does it matter? You're poured, you're sprinkled, you're immersed. What does it matter? Because if you change the method, you lose the meaning. Well, what is the meaning? Not to wonder. Paul tells us in Romans chapter six. Watch this. Now, by the way, this is what he said, not what I said. Don't you know that all of us were, and we could use the word immersed. You weren't sprinkled into Christ. You weren't poured into Christ. You were immersed into Christ. Why? Because we were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Now, again, I'm just having to be just gut level honest with you. You can't make it any plainer than what Paul said. Paul said, baptism does not represent the washing away of your sins. Doesn't represent that. Baptism doesn't represent even your parents wish that one day your sins will be washed away. It doesn't represent that. Paul said, this is what baptism represents. It represents the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ. That's what he said. That's not what I said. You know why that's such a big deal? Because you know what baptism is supposed to picture? It is supposed to picture the most important message, not just in the Bible, but the most important message in the history of this world, and it's called the gospel. Baptism is the picture of the gospel. It's what every, and by the way, you know what every believer is called to do with the gospel? We're called to share the gospel proclaim the gospel, promote the gospel, propagate the gospel, preach the gospel. It is all about the gospel. This is why baptism is such a big deal to me, why it's so important to God, why it ought to be important to you and me. Because the first thing every new believer ought to want to do who got saved by the gospel, every new believer ought to want to share the gospel. And guess how you share the gospel? Right off the bat, you're baptized. You're saying to the world, I believe Christ died for my sins. I believe he was buried. I believe he was raised the third day. I believe I died to my sins. I believe I've been buried to my sins. I've been raised to walk a new life in Christ. So now we come to the questions. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Do you believe that Jesus was buried? Do you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead? Do you believe he, through his burial and resurrection, is the only way you can come to God? If you say yes, 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 you ought to be on fire to jump in the water. I shouldn't have to beg you, plead with you, cajole with you, get on my knees and do everything I can. I shouldn't have to bribe you. You should say absolutely and to show you that I do believe that I want to be baptized because I want to preach the gospel to all who want to follow Christ in baptism. If you've been a part of our church any length of time, you know my testimony. The Philippian jailer got saved in jail. I got saved in a movie theater on a Friday night. And I think about it all the time. Every time I go up to game, you know, the theater's not there anymore, but where it used to be still there. Every time I, I drive up, but every time I go to Gainesville, I always go by that place where I got saved. Now, I remember I got saved on a Friday night. I, couldn't, I remember from the time I walked out of that theater, I was, it, was the, it, it is the slowest passing weekend of my life. I was counting the minutes for Sunday morning. I couldn't wait. I, 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 I didn't want the preacher to preach. Just get to the invitation. Because I couldn't wait. You know how eager I was? I did something that you can't get, a, you can't get anybody to do today. I mean, look around. You can't get people sitting on the front row. But I got on the front row. You know why? I wanted just to take that one step and give my hand to the pastor and, and let everybody know that James Gregory Merritt had been saved. And that night, I got baptized. I can still remember the temperature of the water. It was ice cold. And I can still remember my dad standing at the top of those stairs watching that nine-year-old boy walk up those stairs. 
I can still remember my dad smiling and wrapping that towel around me and hugging my neck. And I can still remember what a great, great feeling it was that I knew I had done what Jesus told me to do. I knew all of a sudden, I didn't know it then, I didn't know how to explain it then, but I know now looking back, you know what I was doing? I was demonstrating my love for Jesus. I was declaring my faith in Jesus. I was dedicating my witness to Jesus. So if you believe in Jesus and if you love Jesus, you want to obey Jesus. So watch this. Listen to how this story concludes, right? Watch this. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. Now remember, they just got baptized. You know, and he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Now get this picture. Here's this jailer soaking wet. His wife is soaking wet. His kids who had come to believe in Jesus, soaking wet. Probably had brothers and sisters in that household. They are soaking wet, and yet they're filled with joy. Why? Because of what Jesus had done for them, and now what they had done for Jesus. So simple question. Forget everything else I've said. Let me just ask you this. Why would you, just hear me. Why wouldn't you want to do what Jesus did if you got the chance to do it? And why wouldn't you want to do it exactly the way that Jesus did it? Why would you want to do it some other way? And if baptism was something he wanted to do that he didn't have to do, why would it be something that you would want to do just because he wants you to do it? So, Let's see what it looks like for a follower of Jesus to declare their faith and demonstrate their love and dedicate their witness to Jesus. Church, I want to introduce you this morning to Miss Michelle. And just like the pastor said, she's one who was saved at a very young age and baptized at a very, very young age before she quite had the faith and understanding of what baptism meant. And she's been convicted and said, I want to get it straight. Now that I understand, I want my baptism to come after my salvation. And so she's coming this morning to share this with her church family. So Michelle, I'm asking you, it says in Romans that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So what is your profession this morning? Because of that profession of faith, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is Zoe Mason. And Zoe is one. And that's her small group back there. And Zoe is one who came at Easter this year and professed her faith in Christ. And she has come now to say that she understands what that means. And she wants to share this decision with her church family. So Zoe, I'm asking you, what is your profession of faith today? Because you said that in front of this church family, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ and baptized raised to walk in the way of life. We have um, Zoe, or uh, yeah, Zoe's sister Eden coming, so Eden, come on down. And um, Eden was saved two years ago at our breakthrough weekend when she was in sixth grade. And over time, just through the discipleship of her family and God working her heart, she said, I didn't want to get baptized just to do it. I wanted to understand exactly what it meant and why I was doing it. So Eden, I'm going to ask you the same question we just asked your sister. What is your profession of faith? Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Amen. And based on that profession of faith, I baptize my sister in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bear with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in new life. church. Now we have Giro coming, and um, Giro, same thing. He was saved, and through discipleship of his family, um, and parents talking to him about the gospel and what baptism meant, decided, you know what? I want to take that next step in obedience and be baptized. So, Giro, ¿cuál es tu profesión de fe? Based on that profession of faith, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bear with Christ in baptism. Race to walk and new life.
I've never seen that before. I, I know that he knew Spanish, so hostile of Easter baby, that's all I know to say. But listen, I want you to listen to one last thing. This is so important. When I was a boy growing up, we sang an old song. It's a great song. I have decided to follow Jesus. How many of you remember that old song? In a moment, we're going to sing that song, but I want to tell you the story behind it. I didn't know this until about a month ago. That song was written after the death of a newly converted Christian in India. This man and his whole family had renounced Hinduism. So when the tribal chief found out, he had the whole family brought before him and the village. And in front of everybody in that village, he ordered them to renounce their faith in Christ or die. When he looked at that man and he said, will you renounce Christ? With you and your family renounce Christ? The man looked at that chief and he said, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. That angry chief killed all of the man's children right in front of his eyes. He then said, if you do not deny Christ, I'm going to kill your wife. The man said, though none go with me, still I will follow. And he killed his wife. And finally, just before they put him to death, the, man, the chieftain said, you have one last chance to deny Christ. And the man's last words were, the cross before me, the world behind me. He was killed. Later on, the chief and the entire village became believers because this man and his wife and his children declared their faith in Jesus demonstrated their love for Jesus and dedicated their witness to Jesus. It is decision of all decisions. So in a moment, I'm going to give two invitations. If you're not a follower of Jesus, and you'd admit it, I, I've never become a follower. I am not a believer, but I want to be. And you have decided to follow him, or you will decide to place your faith in him. I'm going to give you a chance to do that. And then I'm going to ask you to do this. If you're, you're here today and you're not a believer, but you want to become a believer, and today you become a believer, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and even today, we're going to, be, we're going to have a baptism right after this service. I'm going to ask you today to decide to follow Jesus in baptism. If you're already a believer, but you've never been biblically baptized, I'm asking you today, would you demonstrate, would you declare your faith Demonstrate your love and dedicate your witness to Jesus by being baptized because you will if you are surrendered. So I'd like for every one of us right now to bow our heads and close our eyes and listen. Do not move, nobody. This is a command from your commander-in-chief. Do not move. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want you to hear this carefully. Baptism and salvation are not synonymous. You don't have to be baptized to be saved. It won't make you any more saved than you are. And if you're lost, it won't save you. Baptism and belief, or baptism and salvation are not synonymous, but they are simultaneous. But before you get baptized, you must be a believer. We're not interested in baptizing non-believers. I want you to understand that. So I'm asking some of you today, would you be willing to pray and ask Christ to come into your heart? Would you be willing today to surrender your life to Christ? Let me just say this to you. Jesus said, not everyone that calls me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And I'm not trying to make anybody doubt what you have, but I don't want you to believe you have what you don't. The reason I know I got saved as a nine-year-old boy, I'm telling you, my life's never been the same. I was changed. And I look back now and I realize I was on, I could not wait to get out of that theater and I could not wait for Sunday morning. I could not wait to stand for Christ. I could not wait to be baptized. Why? Christ had changed my life. So let me just be blunt and honest. If Jesus hasn't changed your life, even to the point that you're willing to be baptized, you don't know Jesus. Sorry, you just don't know Jesus. You don't even understand what Christianity is all about. But in just a moment, I'm gonna invite some of you who've never been truly saved or you've had doubts about your salvation to nail it down and to be saved. By the way, let me just say this. Well, I, I don't know that I'm ready to be saved. That's not the issue. God's ready and when God's ready, you better be. 
Well, I'll do it some other time. There may not be another time. That's why the Bible says today is the day of belief. Now is the time of salvation. So in a moment, I'm gonna ask some of you to pray with me and ask Christ into your heart. And let's talk to some of you who've never been biblically baptized. Here's who you are. You've been saved a week ago, a month ago, 10 years ago, but you've never been biblically baptized. Today's the day for you to be baptized. Or you may be like one of those folks that you know, and this happens. Well, you know, I walked down an aisle and I got baptized when I was a child, but I just did it because my buddy Johnny did it. I did it because I thought it'd make my parents feel good. But you know, I really wasn't a believer then. Then you need to get your baptism in order. Today, I'm gonna ask you to be baptized. You say, well, you know, I'm not ready. We're, we're We're gonna help you get ready. Well, it's not important. Baptism, seriously? Let me get this straight. He died for you and he commands you to be baptized. It's not important. Let me ask it this way. What do you think Jesus would do? You don't have to ask. We already know what he would do because he did it. He got baptized. Okay, here's one. Well, you know, it's so inconvenient. Can I ask you a question? Do you think it was convenient when he died on the cross for you? Convenience has nothing to do with it. Or, well, I'm, you know, I didn't come prepared. I want to tell you again. We have everything ready. T-shirts, shorts, hair dryers, towels for you to be baptized today. Well, yeah, but I was sprinkled when I was a baby. I was poured. I was dedicated. Again, I'm not knocking that. But baptism is not somebody's profession of faith for you. It's your profession of faith in Him. And today, some of you say, you know, I know I need to be biblically baptized. And then lastly, you'll say, well, you know, I I brought my friends, and and I don't know if they'll wait or not. Can I be honest? If your friends won't wait, they probably need to get saved and baptized. They'll wait. If they're your friends, they'll wait. So here's what we're going to do. First of all, I'm going to ask some of you today to make that life-changing decision to give your life to Christ. In fact, we're going to do it right now. If you either know you're not a believer, but you'd like to be, or you're not sure whether you are or not, but you want to nail it down, just pray this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, I want to be a believer, a true believer. I want to be a follower, a true follower. I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I believe you died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. I believe you're alive right now. This moment, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. Forgive me of all of my sins. I surrender my life to you. I trust you to save me. I repent of my sin. I receive your gift of eternal life. Thank you. Thank you for saving me today. Now, real quick, do one thing. Nobody's looking. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You just prayed that prayer with me, and you really meant it. Shoot your hand up real quick right now. Hold your hand up all over the building. Hold your hand up. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Just keep them up just for a moment. I see that hand back there. I see that hand. Several hands have gone up. All right, put them down. Listen. I'm going to ask you if you raise your hand. You've truly been saved. You've truly given your life to Christ. Now, I'm going to ask you to be baptized immediately. I'm gonna tell you how to do that in a minute. And there's no need for you not to. We've got everything ready. We've got everything for you to do it. And you're gonna do this the New Testament way. You're gonna be baptized today. Now, there's some of you here today and you've never been biblically baptized. You've been saved. You didn't need to pray with me to receive Christ, but you know deep down, you know what, I've not done that. I was sprinkled when I was a baby. I was dedicated when I was a baby. I came forward years ago and I didn't know what I was doing. I've just never, ever decided to do this. But today, I have decided to follow Jesus. I'm going to be baptized, all right? Father, in the name of Jesus, and this is what I want you to pray with me. If you're right now, you, if you know you need to be baptized, pray this with me right now. Lord Jesus, I put this off long enough. I need, to, I need to be baptized the scriptural way. I need to do it the way Jesus did it. I need to do it the way Jesus commanded me to do it. And today, Lord, I didn't even come thinking about it. I didn't come, come prepared. But Lord, you're prepared. You're ready. And I want to obey you. And I'm not going to walk out the door again today disobedient. I'm going to walk out obedient. And Lord, I am going 
to be baptized today for your glory and for your honor. And if you prayed that prayer, I'm praying for you in a moment to have the courage to do that. So Lord, this is my prayer. I preach with everything I've got, with all that's in my heart, I've delivered your word. Now I'm helpless. There's nothing else I could do. Holy Spirit of God, for those people that raised their hands and said they got saved, may they come for baptism today. For those that know they've never been biblically baptized, I pray that they will be baptized today for your glory and for your honor. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now look, everybody right here, listen to me. Now we come to where the rubber hits the road. A friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine, got a call last week, two weeks ago, from a, from a pastor in the Middle East. Can't even tell me where it was. There are five people in his underground church who are under death threats because they got baptized. So don't talk to me about inconvenience. I'm not ready. I don't want to hear that. If he loved you enough to die for you, you ought to love him enough to be baptized for him. So here's what we're going to do. In a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing that hymn, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. We're going to have what we call encouragers all over this building. They're going to be at the doors. They're going to be at the back. We're going to have them at the front. We're going to have them up and down every aisle. Say, why are you doing that? We're doing everything we can to make it easy for you to take a stand for Christ. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. You got saved today and you need to be baptized today. You've already been saved, but you've never been biblically baptized. But you know you need to do, and you're going to do it today. I want you to do two things in a moment. We call it stand and step. When we stand to our feet and we begin to sing, you need to make a decision. You need to follow Christ in baptism. You need to profess the faith you've given to Jesus today in baptism. And you're going to do it today. As everybody stands, I want you to step. And wherever you are in the aisle, whether you're on this side, this side, this section, this section, this section, you're going to see people with lanyards on. You can't miss them. You just go to that person. That's all you got to do. We're going to escort you out to a private area. We're going to make sure you understand what you're doing. And then I'm going to go up to that baptistry and I'm going to baptize you today. And I'm going to say one last thing. If you love Jesus, then you want to obey Jesus. If you want to obey Jesus, you want to demonstrate your faith in Jesus. Dedicate your witness to Jesus. I don't have to beg you. There will be a fire in your heart like there was a fire in mine. You won't, you, wild horses could keep you from stepping out. And some of you come in here week after week after week. You know why God doesn't bless you? You know why you don't, you, there's no real fire in your heart? Because you're living in disobedience all the time. I mean, if you won't even take the first step of being baptized, what makes you think you're going to live a life of obedience? Because that's probably the easiest thing Jesus is going to ask you to do. So today, it's going to be a great day. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. So I'm going to pray. And after I pray, stand and step. Okay, stand. And by the way, if you want, to, if you want some friends to come with you, just say, hey, will you go with me? They'll come. And do it for the glory of God. Heavenly Father, do not honor me. Do not even honor the message. Oh God, honor your word. Don't let it return void. Let it accomplish what you please. Let it prosper in the thing for which you sent it. And Lord, in just a moment, as we stand to sing and sing this song, I've decided to follow Jesus. May everybody today who raised their hand and said, I decided to follow Jesus and gave him my life, may they come for baptism. Lord, may everyone who said, I didn't need to follow Jesus. I've, I've become a follower, but I've never been obedient in baptism. Lord, today, may that be the, this be the day that they really become a full-fledged, obedient servant of Jesus. And I ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. You ready? One, two, three. We're going to stand. You're going to step and you're going to come. Let's stand our feet. Step out right now. Say yes to Christ. You come right now to Jesus and say yes to him. We've got encouragers here, here, and here. Just come right now. If you need, don't see any encourager, come, come to me. I'm right here. You just come to me and we'll take care of you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on right now. Say yes to Jesus. You raise your hand to say yes to Christ and come. Go to that man right there. I saw some of you. Raise your hand. Step out and come. That's right. I'm going to be baptized today. I got saved today. I want to follow Christ today. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus.
to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. And I have decided to follow Jesus. So there's somebody here today and you say, I, I, I just can't do it today. You may have a good reason. You may have a really legitimate reason. I, I can't do it today. I find it hard to believe you can't, but I'll take your word for it. For whether you, you have a good reason. Here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. When this service is over, if you'll go out that door, if you're right here, you can go all the way around. But if you'll go out to the my left, to your right, this is where our people are. This is where our encouragers are. If you'll just simply go out there and say, hey, I, 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 I want to follow Christ in baptism, but I can't do it today, they will make an appointment for you later on to be baptized. I'll give you a good example. We had a lady today who wanted to be baptized. She wanted to be baptized today, but some, something came up. She couldn't be here today. She's going to be baptized next Sunday. That may be you. Okay? Now, last thing I want you to hear this. This is important. The reason why this is such a big day for me and such a big day for our church is this. Jesus said, if you won't be faithful in the little things, you won't be faithful in the big things. So let me just be honest. I'm not, it's not a threat. I don't mean it that way. It's being honest. It hit me as I was working on this message weeks ago. Why should I expect people who say they love Jesus to tithe? Why should I expect you to tithe? Why should I expect you to go on a mission trip? Why should I expect you to share your faith in Christ? Why should I expect you to read your Bible? Why should I expect you to pray when you don't even have enough obedience to get into a pool of water? That's why baptism is a big deal. It's not the water. It's not the going under and coming up. I get that. Here's why it's a big deal. Because the moment we give our life to Christ, he only, he only wants to know two things, and he's good to go. Do you really trust me or not? And number two, are you going to obey me or not? And I'm going to tell you, I've been around a long time. I guarantee, I'd stake my life on this. There's somebody in this room, you should have come and you didn't do it. I'm not going to tell you who you are, but I saw somebody raise their hand a minute ago. You said you prayed to receive Christ, and you're still standing where you're standing. Why are you standing where you're standing? Did you not know what you were doing? Did you make a mistake? If you did, that's fine. I'm sorry I wasn't clear. But you raised your hand and said, yeah, I prayed to receive Christ. Then why are you still standing where you're standing? Because now this is where the rubber hits the road. Obedience is the real test of faith. That's, 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 that's the bottom line. So, last thing. This is why we ask every Sunday, who's your one? That first lady that got baptized a while ago, one of our sweet ladies, Ann, I was sitting outside and this lady came up to me. I was going back to the green room and she says, hey, I'm, I'm here to be baptized. Who do I need to see? And so I was working on her and telling her what she needed to do. Little Miss Anna was sitting on there and she looked up and she said, hey, pastor. I said, yeah. She said, that was my one. That was my one. Who's your one? Come on now. Who's your one? If you love Jesus, you want to obey Jesus, he's worth knowing and he's worth loving, he's worth sharing, then who is your one? Because you know what my, one of my vision, can I tell you what my vision is for our church? I want everybody that's baptized. I know this is ideal. If it were up to me, you know who'd be baptized in our church every Sunday? It wouldn't be one person, Richard, not one that got, heard me preach and got saved. I'm glad people hear me preach and get saved. I'm thankful for that. That's not what I want. 
You know who I'd want to be baptized every Sunday? Somebody that was somebody's one. So who's your one? So I'm going to pray. You pray for those who will be following Christ in baptism today. And by the way, one other quick thing. This is something really to pray for. At the next hour, we're going to baptize a young man who was raised Buddhist, but he's been saved. His Buddhist father is coming to see him baptized. Pray today that that man will be saved. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the decisions that were made for the people that came. And Lord, for those that raised their hands, and there are some here that didn't move, God, don't let them out this building till they come to somebody in that place over there to the left of our auditorium and let them know they've been saved and they want to follow Christ in baptism. Lord, for those who know they grabbed the back of that chair, they stood still when they should have stepped out. Lord, don't let them leave without being obedient. And finally, for all of us, oh God, that didn't need to step out. Now we need to step up and have a one. Honor it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. Fear it breathes.